Hi, everybody. My name is Patty, and I am a compulsive eater. Um, I like this reading today. Uh, this is the harder part of my recovery. Uh, I don't have to explain or defend or try to be something I'm not. I just have to share my as I am. That's really hard for me um, because I want to be perfect. I want you to see me as 110 pounds, 25 years old. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I want all, all the fallacies, right? I want the delusion to be real. And the fact of the matter is that as a compulsive overeater, I am riddled with delusions about who I am, about what reality is about how the world works. So I have to have this program. I have to have an abstinence. I have to have, but most importantly for me, is that I have to have a relationship with the higher power that I call God. And um, it has to be real. It has to be, it has to be a higher power that I can talk to no matter what mood I'm in. You know, I love the fact that this meeting is called Attitude Adjustment because tis the season to be snarky. Tis the season to overeat. Tis the season to take my will back. Tis the season to have what I want, when I want it, and, you know, and how I want it, right? That, this, is the, this is that time of year, folks. And, um, and you know what? It just doesn't work for me anymore. It doesn't work for me. It never did. But using the food does not work for me anymore. It makes me feel constricted. It makes me feel um, like something's got me in a, in a bear clinch, right? Like a big old brown bear has just got me, you know, pinned. And, um, and so when I'm trying to get away with, right, that's my big thing. I'll do anything I can to try to get away with eating what I want and not breaking my abstinence. And that's a very childish kind of, of uh, behavior. But again, I started compulsively eating at a very, very young age, probably at the age of three, if not younger. And, um, and so with that comes a very, very young emotional sobriety, right? Um, and what happens is, or emotional maturity, I should say. And what happens is when I am faced with situations or people or issues that confound me, food is always my go-to as the solution. Food is it. Just the other day, I was having severe back pain. And I just thought, oh, a chocolate croissant could fix this. It couldn't fix back pain, but in the 30 seconds it would take me to snarf that thing down, it would taste really good and I would be distracted for that period of time from my pain, right? But the only thing that could, could help my pain was the slow and methodical use of what I know, right? And in, in the case of Overeaters Anonymous, it's the steps, right? I work the steps slowly and methodically each and every day to keep 
my mind sane, to understand that pastries are not going to make me feel better physically. But that that took a while. That took a, a really long time for me. I've been in this program for 16 years. And I've had chronic relapse. I have had um, long periods of abstinence and then series of, uh, series of, of, of relapse. But what I do know is that no matter what my quote status, just like this uh, reading says, I don't have to explain or defend or try to be something I'm not. I just have to share myself as I am, honestly, where I'm at today. And where I'm at today is that I was lazy this morning and I didn't want to get up on time. (laughs) I was snuggled in. It was chilly because it rained yesterday and last night. So I didn't really want to get up out of bed, but I did, right? I've, I've learned that willing does not mean want to, okay? (laughs) I can be willing to do a lot of things that I don't want to do. Um, I had a a couple of months ago, I had a situation when I was out of state visiting family in which we discovered that I was suffering from atrial fibrillation. And I didn't even know what that was. I'd never heard of it before. And they asked me, when was your last cardiac event? And I looked at them and, you know, I'm heavy still, but I said, I've never had a cardiac event, which I haven't. I've always had normal blood pressure and pretty normal cholesterol. And I, I was just stunned. And they were like, oh, okay, okay. And they started treating me with medication, right? But it became obvious that I really need to let go of this excess weight. No more fooling around. No more trying to get away, away with right? I got to get serious. This is God's wake up call to me. You know how, how we hear in the, in the program, how, you know, somebody's struggling and they, and they call out to, you know, he's in a, he's in a little raft, right? And he calls out to God, help me, God, help me. And God sends a tugboat. And he says, no, no, God's going to, God's going to say, he sends it away. And then, you know, God sends a guy in a speedboat. No, no, God's going to save me. It's okay. I got God. I already connected with God. And then they send a helicopter and they say, come on, climb up here. No, no, God's got me. And then he drowns. And when he gets to the pearly gates, he says, God, I prayed and I asked you to help me. Why didn't you? And God says, well, I sent you a tugboat, a speedboat and an airplane. I don't know what else to do. You rejected them all. See, what I'm learning in my program is that I have to do my part and as a delusioned compulsive overeater and please let me state whether I'm abstinent or not I can be in the delusion of this disease okay this disease centers in my thinking so so in my delusion I can ask God all day long for his help But if I'm not willing to do my part, which is the footwork, I'm not going to get anywhere. I'm not going to get the benefit of God's power. See, that's what I asked for in the third step. I asked first for God's power. Then I asked for God's love. And then I asked for God's way of life. 
And, you know, when I first came in, I, I was really angry that it said power first. I wanted it to say God's love first, right? Because why? Well, I didn't love myself. That's why. I wanted somebody somewhere to love me. And God should be the first one. And that should be first in the prayer. But over time, as I've worked these steps and worked this program, I've discovered that God's love shows through his power, right? And what is that power? That power is the, the ability to recognize um, uh, a thought that is not sober, right? That is not an abstinent thought. I can't, I can't um, control my thoughts. They come and they go. They flip just like birds through the sky, right? But, or like clouds passing, right? But if I were to act on every thought I had, oh my gosh, I can't imagine what the state of North Hollywood, California would be. <laughs> I can tell you that. But, but, you know, OA has taught me that I can't control my first thought, but I can control my first action. And between that thought and that action, there is a pause. Whenever I am doubtful, I pause and ask my higher power, what, what should my next indicated action be, right? So if my first thought is, oh, my back hurts, let's go get a chocolate croissant. I get to pause and ask God, what will help my back feel better? Please show me. Please, you know, make me aware. Please open up some idea. There's a set-aside prayer that I say now. It's called God. It, it says, God, please uh, enable me to set aside everything I think I know. That's a lot, you know, because before I came into this program, I had done all kinds of diets and I had, I mean, from, you know, grapefruit, Dolly Parton, I mean, you name them, every fad diet that's on the cover of some of those Women's Day magazines, you know, I'd done all of them. I had joined Weight Watchers so many times I should own stock in it, <laughs> and I had never gotten to my goal weight ever. I'd gotten within 15 pounds of it. I'd gotten within 20 pounds of it. But I always stopped at that point and went back to compulsive eating, went back to what didn't work. I always let go of what worked and went back to what didn't work. And why is that? Because it was familiar to me. Failing was familiar to me. Failing and fear were so entrenched and familiar to me. So what does the word familiar mean? It means like family, right? Familia. And, and, that's, and that's what I felt, you know? If I was meeting life in a body half my size, how could I cope? How could I control it? And programming these steps have... have, have have taught me that no matter what size my body is, I cannot control and manage my life. That's why, that's the last part of step one. My life is unmanageable. It doesn't say I'm a compulsive eater, so my life is unmanageable. 
No, it says, I am a I admit I am a compulsive overeater. I am powerless over food and my life is unmanageable. So that includes every aspect of my life. That includes my finances. That includes my physical health. That includes the way I think. That includes my emotional maturity or not. That includes my psychosis or not. That includes um, every aspect of my life, meaning my relationships with family members. There's sometimes I have to tell you, you know, things happen in life and, and they're not all pleasant. They're not, as we know, right? They're difficult. They're hard. And they're hard to take. A, a loved one suddenly passing away or um, an, a, a pet getting hit by a car. It just, it's, it's really, it's hard, it's hard, but I get to use this program, these 12 steps instead of food as the solution, right? I get to feel my feelings and I get to acknowledge that there is power in accepting myself as I am. That's what God's power is. My higher power, at least of my understanding, accepts me no matter what, whether I'm fat, whether I'm thin, whether I'm sane, whether I'm crazy, no matter what. But when I'm in those positions where I think I should be other than I am and the way I am, that's when I need my higher power. That's when I go to the steps. That's when I put into action step two, come to believe in a power greater than myself and myself, meaning my, my mind, my ego, because all the sickness that leads me to food is, is right there in my mind, in my ego, my ego had to survive so that I could one day grow up, be a grown woman and be able to embrace this program. And so my ego helped me survive, but my ego is not powerful enough to help me live happily. And when I say happily, I mean, happy, joyous, and free. When I say that, I mean, like in the reality of what is life in acceptance of what is the reality of life today. I kept thinking in my first few years of abstinence that, that, living uh happy joyous and free meant exactly that that i was trying la, 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 and skipping down the street and being thrilled with everything that went on in life but that's not that's not what happy joyous and free is happy joyous and free means living in acceptance of the fact that i don't control anything but i have a higher power who helps me navigate those situations I cannot and never will be able to control. And by, and, you know, by the same token, I have this program, which I believe was divinely inspired by two drunks in Cincinnati. 15 minutes. That, thank you, sweetie. That, um, that can offer me the partnership of other people who think like me to help me find the same track. Oh yeah, 
I, I think like that too. I think a chocolate croissant will help my back stop hurting too, but it doesn't. So why don't we try some slow stretching, right? Why don't we try a hot shower with the pounding water, right? Why don't we try something else first? That's those um, sober and normal, sane ideas pull me back from the gates of hell and demoralization of this disease. But I need to be connected with you guys in order to do that. I need to be connected to my higher power to do that. And in order to do that, I got to get up in the morning and say my prayers. I say the, the serenity prayer first thing in the morning with my dogs three times to open the portal. And then I say uh, the set aside prayer. And then I say the third step prayer. And then I sit quietly and ask God to come in and give me an idea about my day. What, what do I need to do? Sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's not. But I just get up and go on about my day. Because I know that throughout the day, there's no law about how many times I can call on God. And there's no law on how many times I can reach out to one of you. I can pick up that phone if I'm so inclined. If my will is not trying to keep me isolated. And I can pray, even if it's to say, God, help me. I don't know what I'm doing. Or God, forgive me. I didn't mean to yell at that guy in the car in front of me. So I think that for this last five minutes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wind up here by saying that, you know, my attitude gets adjusted every day by my connection with higher power and the recovery in this program. And I don't care if you're a newcomer or if you're an old timer. Um, every day we start at one, you know, there's an expiration date on recovery. It's when we close our eyes at night to go to sleep and every morning we wake up and I, and I am still a compulsive overeater. I am still powerless over food and my life is still my me to sanity and then all I have to do is make that commitment to turn my will and my life my thought and my actions over to the care of God as I understand God and sometimes I need help with that and this help so anyway um, I'm really glad to be here it's a wonderful time to be alive because there's a lot wrong in the world. And um, if each one of us focuses on ourselves and our own recovery, we can change a lot. So thanks for letting me share.